Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stats, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today I'm speaking with Greta Johnson, a fellow book lover and the host and producer at WBEZ Chicago's podcast, Nerdette. Greta also co-hosts HBO's official House of the Dragon podcast, and I am so excited for you to hear our long overdue conversation. I'm a huge fan and friend of Greta, and today we get to talk about how she curates her podcast, the books that she loves most of all, and we have a very contentious debate about grilled cheese. Our December book club selection is the novel True Biz by Sarah Novich, which we will discuss on December 28th when Greta Johnson returns. Quick reminder, everything we talk about on each episode of The Stacks can be found in the link in the show notes. And listen, if you love this show and you want more of it, head to patreon.com slash The Stacks to join The Stacks Pack. The Stacks is an independent podcast, which means I rely on listeners like you to make the show possible every single week. If you join The Stacks Pack now, you'll get The Stacks Reading Tracker, which is my favorite thing on earth. It is a tracker for all of your reading. You can have it all in one place. It's customizable and it's private, so you don't have to worry about other people judging your star rating. Also, we just launched brand new merch for all things The Stacks. And if you're part of The Stacks Pack, you get a discount on that. So if that interests you, head to patreon.com slash The Stacks to join The Stacks Pack, get your tracker, get your discounts on merch, and get other perks like our bonus episodes and our virtual book club. Shout out to our newest members, Darius Carter and Lauren Meehan, and a thank you to every single member of The Stacks Pack. Okay, okay, okay. Now it's time for my conversation with Greta Johnson. All right, everybody. I am so excited. I have a friend and a contemporary, I don't know, there's probably a better word for it, but someone that I really admire who does a very similar thing as me, the host of the Nerdette podcast, generally all around wonderful person. And we're going to talk about this more, potentially my human foil, Greta Johnson. Welcome to the Stacks. Tracy, what does that even mean? Okay, well, we could start there. I have decided <laughs> that you are the exact opposite, same as me. Like every single thing that you tweet about, I'm like, I have the opposite opinion wow, of that. Really? Like, your take on grilled cheese is antithetical to my heart. <laughs> every book that you love, I think is terrible. Every book you ever say you're not that into, which is rare, which is also the opposite of me, I love. You don't watch reality TV, only scripted. I'm a very reality person. I just feel like we have, and still, I love you, and I'm so so excited you're here. I don't feel attacked by this. No. Wow, that's so interesting. No, you're like truly my foil. That's so funny. Yeah, I also find you to be a delightful human, but generally, if you like a book, I'm like, "Mm, am I going to like it? Which is why I'm really excited for this month's book club pick, True Biz, which we'll get to next time. Yes. And we won't talk too much about it today. Yes. But we went back and forth on a bunch of books. And I was like, we're never going to come to an agreement on what we want to talk about. I was like, is it always this hard for Tracy to decide on books? Or is it just because you and I you know are what? so different in our tastes? It 
it is sometimes really hard when the guest is a person who I know reads a lot mm, and reads widely. Yeah. Because I'm like, I could do anything. Right. I'm game for sure. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. like if you were a person who like was only into mysteries, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I have to find a mystery. But like yeah. we went back and forth on like, I was like, so all I knew is I wanted to do a too. novel. Right. But we threw out like backlist, new stuff. Like yeah, there was romance, so much stuff. sci-fi. It was like yeah. all the things. Which is yeah, fun. So it's, yeah. Which is fun. And I'm glad we decided on True Biz because everybody has been talking about it all year. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited good. to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but since we've sort of dove into <laughs> to the fact that you're my foil. The personal attack. Um, <laughs> yeah. Since we started with so much warmth and love, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Greta. I think really all you need to know in the context of this is that I like everything that Tracy hates and yes. vice versa. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think to your point one, like, so Nerdette, the podcast I host is almost 10 years old, which is like, I can't believe completely that. shocking to me. I can't believe it either. What is time? Um, but I think, you know, I started it with my friend Trisha almost 10 years ago now. And I think really what we wanted to do, I mean, we wanted to like occupy the nerd space as like female identifying people and I think we really wanted to have that space also be like almost relentlessly positive. And I don't mean that in like a, you know, glossing over tough stuff way, but just in a like there are so many like brutal and petty and like jaded corners of the Internet. And I think we really mm-hmm. wanted to be something that like celebrated goodness and delight and joy. And that's an enthusiasm too. you know, I think so often, especially when it comes to like nerds. The idea is like you have to know the most and like have this level mm-hmm. of expertise and there's like this one-upsmanship around all of it that I think especially for people of all sorts of different marginalized groups can be such a bummer. And yeah. I think to really create a space that's just about enthusiasm and like it doesn't matter if it's about calculus or mystery novels, like if you're super excited about it, that enthusiasm is contagious And that often can be enough to get more people excited about something as opposed to just like turning them off altogether, you know? Okay, let me ask you this as a person who, again, opposite of you, I I like to dish on things. Like I like to be like, I didn't like that thing. And I I don't consider myself to be super negative. No, you do it in a really respectful way, for sure. It's just part of who I am. Like I I think of it more as like criticism. And I think because of my background in the arts, like that was always really important to me. Totally. That being said, do you ever have the impulse where you're like, I want to say that I didn't like this thing or like, I want to be like, does that ever come to you? Or is that just not part of who you are necessarily? No, I mean, there are definitely things I don't, you know, a fun example, actually, which I did tweet about was you've got mail. And I didn't tweet about how much I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) But I hate it. And I think I think I often just save those conversations for people I know or like even Twitter DMs, you know, like often. Yeah, I do have those conversations, but I think I try to less publicly. And sometimes I don't know, like, if that is a disservice, you know, I think there is definitely an argument for creating a space for criticism. And I think, you know, like in the book club conversations we'll have, for example, like I certainly will say, like, I wish this had been done differently or this part didn't exactly work for me. Um, but I definitely, and not to say that you do this, but I definitely don't want to just like shit on something, you know, like right, that's right, not, right, right. I don't think that's constructive. I think it's really hard to put stuff out in the world. I think in general, we should be celebrating creators even, you know, and like odds are just because I hated Elef- Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Right. You know, like a lot of people really love that book and find solace in it. And that's cool too, you know? Yeah, totally. I remind me off air that I have an idea. Um, <laughs> Great. Hopefully coming to all of you soon one day. Amazing. Um, You've Got Mail is but, super problematic, though. I just want to, like, I, I'm i not sure people have watched that recently, but, like, wow. I watched it as a child, I think. I don't yeah, know. Not for yeah, me. Same. I'm not a, I'm not a Meg Ryan stan, to be mm. honest. So it's just, it's not for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Which should be shocking to exactly zero people. Um, okay. So to Nerdette, back to Nerdette. Yeah, and yeah, about yeah. How, how you sort of, like, curate the space. Because... Mm-hmm. I obviously I'm like uh, I'm a fan of the show. I definitely listen to all the book stuff. I don't mm-hmm. always listen to some of the other stuff because yeah. you have so many episodes. But <laughs> ten years, man. <laughs> I know, like it's like it's impossible it's because relentless. I didn't find you until recently. So like yeah. I don't go back. I haven't gone back. Anyway, that's that, fair. I have, gone, I I have gone back to some of the book ones. Like you guys <laughs> did one a while back on such a fun age that I listened oh, to after I read the book because I was like, I need your favorite. <laughs> 
I just, oh, you, did you hate it? <laughs> no, I didn't hate it, but I was like, I need to That's decompress so about funny. this book. I think you would like Kylie um, a lot, though, I will say. She's I delightful. think I would, too. She, I saw her in L.A. right before the pandemic. Mm. Um, another book that you loved that I <laughs> I really did not like, and I think was my, I think, I, I think in my column, my b- books of the year is my book I hate, was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> And you're definitely, you know, it's funny because we have a nerd at Facebook group where people kind of like talk to each other, which I really love just in sort of like generating that that community and like creating a space Mm -hmm. and and not like they do it, you know, like I don't have to do it, which I just think is really exciting in terms of like building the community. But someone recently was like, I'm halfway through tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and I'm just waiting for it to pick up. Should I abandon it? And every, we were all like, well, yeah, pro- like it's, yeah. It, it doesn't change that much tone. You know, it's like if it's not if you working don't for like you, it half like, like, no, just give abandon up on ship. It. Yeah, I totally thought it was. <laughs> but funny, anyways, <laughs> my question, not to shit on that book, though, I have plenty of times. Um, how do you choose what to showcase? Like, how do you choose what is like nerdy enough mm. or like what topics? Because like you yeah. guys normally do sports and I nerd out mm, about sports. Yeah, yeah. So is it Greta as the sort of arbit- arbitrator of whatever? Arbiter? Arbiter. 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 Um, That's a really good question. So yeah. So I mean, I co-hosted it with my friend Trisha for many years. And I think, yeah, the gauge generally was sort of like, is either of us interested in this? I think is a great place mm-hmm. to start just because I, you know, speaking of enthusiasm and genuine curiosity, I think that can go a long way. I think to, I think also we are both very creative people. So that or mm-hmm. curious people. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. a huge struggle to, to find stuff. Um, I certainly would be game to talk about sports nerdery. Actually, our episode that came out on December 2nd is all about the world. Well, not all about the World Cup, but it is partly about the World Cup. It's also about oh my God, butts, I can't wait. just for the record. Um, I think, <laughs> The Radke you know, book? Yes, totally. Yes. So I think, you, you know, so we have six Nerdette episodes a month. Four of them are weekly Friday episodes, and those are like a kind of pop culture panel chat and then whatever other segments we're into that week. This week it happens to be one about butts. And that really is, like, the show is super wide-ranging. I think... In some ways, that has been a challenging for marketing because it's like, what the Mm. hell is going to be on the show? Who can say? Um, (laughs) But I do think, at least from my point of view, like that has really helped sustain my own interest in the show. I mean, the fact that it's been on for 10 years, you know, it's had a lot of iterations over the years. And we've sort of I think we have found a really nice sweet spot right now. But I really love that most of our listeners seem to be along for the ride, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it is sort of like. I think there is a a general aesthetic to it, but I kind of love the idea that it could be about anything in any given week. And I like the idea that it sort of celebrates that idea of discovery, too. And it might be something that, like, you didn't even think you'd be into. But once you think about it, you're like, oh, that is actually kind of cool. Maybe I should check it out. Um, And then, yeah, as you mentioned, we also have a book club. And those episodes come out on the first and last Tuesday of the month. And usually the first Tuesday is an author interview, which is like a spoiler-free conversation with the author. And then the last Tuesday of the month, which you've participated in, I guess just the once, but we can't wait to have you back, is it's wait. like the panel chat about the book. It's spoilerful, and it's usually with two people. And then we might have like a clip or two from the author if I ask them like a spoilery question about the book. Oh. So Okay. Yeah. And then how do you pick the book? People ask how me this question the all know, the time. Yeah. And it's I'm always like, I don't know. We picked the book. <laughs> yeah. It's, but you pick books that you are going to like. So I'm assuming you read the book before you pick well, it. Well, yeah. I mean, I pick books I hope I'm going to like. I don't okay. always <laughs> read them ahead of time. It's always helpful if I do. Um, it was actually really interesting, like, when you got in touch with me about doing this show, because you – do you always go person first? I always let the guest go first. Yeah. Like, Unless every once in a while there will be a specific – like in 2021, uh, it was the 40th anniversary of the Attica prison uprising in mm, September. Mm-hmm. And Derica Purnell, who's a prison abolitionist, mm, her book was coming out in September. And I so knew. I went to her directly and said, will you do this with me? Yes or no? And she said yes. So we did it. Yeah. But if she had said no, I would have said – I'll have you on later. Like, I have to do this book. That's Um, so interesting. Yeah, because we pick the book first and then try to fight. We can, like, reverse engineer the panelists. And it was really interesting, like, picking with you because then I was like, oh, maybe this is how we should be doing it. (laughs) But I think in general, I mean, it's a lot of fiction. I try to mix things up genre-wise within that. You know, as, like, I'm such a wide-ranging reader that I'm kind of game for anything. 
you know, sometimes we pick stuff that we know is going to be buzzy. I think the new Celeste Ng from this year, Our Missing Hearts, is a good mm -hmm. example of that. I think what can be tricky with those is that, like, I don't want to feel like it's just going to be exactly what's on Oprah or, like, Reese Witherspoon's book club right. pick in right, any right, given right. month for sure. But, you know, again, I do really like the idea of creating a space where, like, we can introduce readers to stuff they might not check out otherwise. Yeah. So, like, earlier this year, we did this um, short story collection called Shit Cassandra Saw by mm -hmm. Gwen E. Kirby that was just, like, such a delightful, strange mismatch, mishmash of stuff. And, you know, I really love just sort of shuffling the deck like that. So... You know, like we haven't quite planned out January, February, March yet, but we're starting to. And I think our January pick is going to be uh, one of my favorites from this year. So we try to do stuff also that's like within the last couple months that it came out. Um, we don't we try not to do exact month releases just because we found that so many of our listeners are library users and get yeah. kind of like just like upset if they can't keep up. You know, sometimes those wait lists are just too long. Yeah. So I think a couple Same. months can be really helpful for making sure people have access to the book in a way that doesn't require them to like buy a hardback every month too, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I try to keep that in mind too. I try to only do one or two books from the given year, mm, but yeah. we do a lot more backlist here yeah. than you guys yeah. do. Like we do a lot more backlist and a lot more nonfiction. Mm, um, totally. Yeah. Because I that's like, where my interests are. Totally. I like keeping up with the stuff that's coming out. I think it's really fun and interesting and it kind of gives you a sense of like what's going on, even just yeah. like in the publishing industry sometimes. And yeah, I also like to pick something that is like interesting and has a lot of layers to it in in terms of like conversation, potential for conversation, not only with the author, but also with the panel. And I do try to in general, I liked, and this is where you and I diverge, I like to read stuff that's not a total bummer. <laughs> yeah. I like a bummer. Just for my own what mental health, you know? <laughs> I like, someone yesterday asked me for a book recommendation of something that was like a novel that was kind of fun. And I was like, what You're do you like, mean by fun? You. <laughs> I was like, fun, like. How dare you? Ha ha ha, nothing bad is happening. And they were like, yeah, like this they, they were like a book I really loved recently was the Fleischman is in trouble oh, book or whatever. Yeah. Like it was yeah. so fun. It was like a fun divorce story. And I was like, I don't mm, know what you're saying. I, don't I was like, um, what about if there's like a murder or like, like what about if like someone's kids get taken away or like childhood I, trauma, like, but fun. Yeah. But like, and then they go on a date that doesn't work out. Like, how would that be for you? <laughs> like I literally, I haven't gotten back to them either. That's so funny. Like, I'll get back to you. Tell them to read nothing to see here. Okay. It's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, Oh, this book, you'll love it. <laughs> nothing to see. Greta. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> um, okay. Greta, we have to talk well, there's two things we have to talk about still before okay. we switch over to your reading taste. One is your Hot D podcast. Um, <laughs> I, Such a good I am, acronym, huh? I am not a um, Game of Thronesian mm. or at I all, which that. again, foil, yep. total foil. Total but foil. you do the foil. official fucking Hot D, uh, House of the Dragon, for people who don't know what Hot D is. <laughs> house of the Dragon, the House of the Dragon. I don't know. So many fucking. House of the Dragon. You're fine. House You're of the doing Dragon. Great. You're doing great. Hot D. My husband yeah. loves it, watches it, has seen oh, every cool. episode like three times already. I, oh, wow. That's when I read. He's a freak. Um, how did Amazing. you get this official HBO gig? <gasps> and how great is Jason Concepcion? Oh, my God. Jason is the best. Jason is a huge just fan like of him. The Network. best. Oh, yeah, because sports. Sports. Yeah, he is such a wonderful, delightful human and such a great nerd, too. Like, just a really such a wonderful person. It's been really fun to work with him. Um, how did I get the job? Well, so so in addition to Nerdette, for a long time we did Nerdette recaps with yeah. our friend Peter Sagal, who hosts Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR quiz show. And I think it happened, It was I think it was right after season four of Game of Thrones. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to watch this show anymore. I had been a book reader years and years ago. Uh, I was kind of over it. And of course, that's when Peter walked up to me in the newsroom one day and was like, hey, have you ever thought about recapping Game of Thrones? And I was like, God damn it. Fine. <laughs> um, so Trisha, the former Nerdette co-host and Peter and I recapped the final then, you know, five, six, seven, eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, and it was very fun. And also I was kind of the hater. Um, like I was, so whenever anyone tells me they ha don't watch Game of Thrones, I'm always like, good for you. Cause you know, it's just sort of like, yeah, good for you. 
I so it's funny the then. Last few episodes of the last season. Though, yeah, so well, I know, well, I know those what were happens. really bad episodes too. <laughs> well, they were in pitch black. You couldn't see a single yeah, fucking there's thing. That too. Yeah, it's I'm just. Can you get a it fucking wasn't light? Ideal. It wasn't ideal. So yeah, I was really surprised when they reached out to me and were like, "Hey, would you like to be considered as a candidate?" They already knew Jason was going to be the host, but cool. the, they were finding a co-host for him. And yeah, he and I did this like chemistry test thing over Zoom and it was just really fun. And I think we like we like fake interviewed one of the producers on the show and um and yeah, I just think we like we've just had really good chemistry. Like I think it works really he brings so much knowledge to the books, um, from the books to the conversations. And I really love getting to interview all these different people involved with the show. I mean I do legitimate like I thought House of the Dragon was really good and I'm like excited to be a part of the team. I am not a hater, um, but I definitely don't think I'm like as enthusiastic a fan as Jason. But I think we kind of okay. like, can work together in that world in a nice way. Um, and and in the end, like what I really love and feel so lucky to be able to do is just like talk to people who are creative and excited about what they do and like mm. especially when they're at the top of their game I think that's right. fascinating I think there's so much to talk about with that and ultimately that's what I mean like Game of Thrones whether or not you like it like it's such a huge franchise it is so well respected and revered and it is a lot of people who are very good at their jobs working really hard to make a really interesting thing and that's really exciting to me. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool gig. Uh, obviously, even if you were doing it like in a trash can with Jason Concepcion, I'd be like, <laughs> what a great job. Dream job. Greta and Jason, two of my faves. Um, I saw Jason in L.A. in 2019. He was uh, doing um, Shea Serrano's book event at Skylight oh, Books. Cool. And That's it was awesome. him and Mallory and Shay. And it was like Ugh. my ringer heart was Dream like team. fluttering. Though Aww. now Shay and Jason aren't there anymore. So yeah. But good for them. Okay. This is the last thing we have to talk about. I alluded to this at the okay. beginning. It is the most important thing I'm going to ask you about. Okay. I have okay. gotten in fights about other sandwiches with other guests oh, the before. Grilled cheese. But we have okay. to talk about grilled cheese because okay. you tweeted out in like October. Oh, yeah. That's like, right. Oh, what's yeah, you your favorite mad. grilled cheese combination? Are and you I, quote me do you have this in front of you i don't have it pulled up no okay, i have great. it memorized okay. in my brain though like it, it was triggering oh god wow okay and i was like oh what the fuck is greta talking about girl cheese combination <laughs> and then i was like there's no combination it's bread and cheese girl. and then you were like tracy and i was like greta there's a multitude of bread again. and cheese. I know. <laughs> yeah, but no, but then, oh, but then you came back with, I made the most delightful grilled cheese. It oh, had it a so pear good. and it a compote so no and care. a fucking sauce <laughs> and an onion and 19 cheeses. And it was on the inside of a bagels bread crust crostini oh that I made. Okay, now I do feel attacked. This is rude. You're, You're being just attacked. trolling me now. David Dennis had, and he and I had it out over peanut butter and jelly and now you and I are gonna have it out over grilled cheese grilled cheese is a bread and a cheese maybe mm. two cheeses okay that's but it even you can butter or mayonnaise so on the outside many different breads and cheeses Tracy like even that sure. like you know sure. sourdough brie rye swiss like those are two totally different things you know I'm okay if you have different flavors of cheese and bread. That doesn't offend me it's when you start adding that's fruits and stuff. vegetables oh animals sauces Bacon. Oh, it no. was so good. It was so good. But it I wasn't. It. It's a, it was a grilled bacon sandwich with onion. It wasn't a grilled cheese. Don't oh, it's a pawn that cheese. off as a grilled cheese. It's a grilled cheese. <laughs> you would be so offended. There's a place in Chicago called Hopleaf that I love, and they do a sandwich that they call it a CB&J, and it's cashew butter, fig jam, and raclette cheese. It's a grilled cheese. It's so well, good. Is it a grilled cheese or is it a peanut butter or is it a butter and I mean, they jelly call it with cheese? And J with, I don't know. That's I mean, that's another thing we could debate. I I understand your frustration. I really love fruit. I mean, part of it is just like I'm, you know, I'll, I eat pineapple on my pizza, you know. Sure. Like, I love I fruity problem. stuff. You're okay with that. You're just really indignant about the grilled cheese it's thing. That, it's that it's not a grilled cheese if there's all these other things in mm. it, right? Because, like, you don't call, like, a French dip a grilled cheese with whatever. Is there cheese in a French dip? I don't know. <laughs> I don't need you a have French to fact dip. check that. You, dip, you have to dip it. That's I mean, all I, know. It's I think, I don't know. Like, what is a makes tuna a melt cheese, a, grilled a grilled cheese with tuna? I think it, yeah, I don't know. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Like, I don't know. 
I think a hot dog is a hot dog. It's its own unique, special, perfect thing, aka a glizzy. Have you heard that the kids call hot dogs glizzies? And no, I'm obsessed with glizzy like season. I, I love that's hot dogs. Weird. Do you hate um, hot dogs? No, I like hot dogs. I like ketchup oh, on my hot dog, which is very me controversial too. here in the city oh, of Chicago. Chicago. Let me tell you. I only like ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup only. Oh, is this something I'll, I'll we agree some on? Food, but. <laughs> oh, oh my god yes no. oh well we're I'll close. ketchup only that's fine it's we're we're getting closer we're coming Tracy, together. through conversation it's happening <laughs> um I will say that I mean the other thing about a grilled cheese is like I have recently been experimenting with cooking a grilled cheese in the oven which I don't know how offensive you find I mean technically then it's not grilled but yeah. I do think it comes out very consistently every time and like you still have that nice crispy outer layer and I will I told a friend about it recently and they just literally this morning texted me and were like, Greta, I just wanted to thank you for telling me about how you can cook grilled cheese in the oven because it totally changed my life. And I've been telling my friends about it, too, when they are having a hard time with their day. So, you know. So here's what I'll say about the cooking technique. If that works for you, mm-hmm. that's fine. I don't particularly care. Okay. Um, I personally have a griddle on my stove that when I remodeled my kitchen made sure to get a big enough stove to have a built-in griddle because I love a grilled cheese and a quesadilla so Mm. much and I use it more than I would care to admit. That's amazing. Good for you. So I don't need the oven trick but it's good to know. I don't need it. I I literally remodeled my entire kitchen around this griddle. I said to my husband if we ever move we have to make sure we find another house with a building griddle. I know there's the the ones that can go over the flame, but no, this thing is perfect. So, and Um, is it still a gas stove? Yes. Wow. You're living the dream, Tracy. I do. I am. My house is not big enough for it, but it's there and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I sacrificed space. Lost a closet for it, but it's fine. Priorities. Yeah. Exactly. But to me, the grilled cheese issue is less about about how you cook it it's and more about stuff. what the fuck is on it. It's Oh my god. I think even bacon, I think tomato on it is just disgusting. It's not appropriate. No, I but think bacon weird. on it is gross to me. I it's like not gross. Bacon. It's just not it's just not a grilled cheese. You're going in BLT territory. Mm. Once you start having well, bacon no, and tomato on your grilled cheese, you're one ingredient away from a BLT. So Except how are you calling this for a grilled the cheese? cheese, girl? There's no cheese in a BLT. I'm just saying you're one ingredient away. You're one away. If you swap the lettuce for the cheese, you'd be at BLT land. Okay, we can agree to disagree, but I will never invite you over for grilled cheese on my grill. I don't care. And if I do, I'll be like, sorry, Greta, I got rid of all the fruit in Los Angeles. I'll eat your plain-ass grilled cheese. Just let me dip it in some ketchup and we'll be fine. I'm going to send you some pictures of, oh, yes, ketchup. Also ranch dressing because I'm a Californian. That's a thing we do here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Okay, we're going to do a hard shift. Well, actually, first, we're going to take a break. Okay, okay. Thank God. (laughs) We need a break. We need to cool down. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, we're back. Um... <laughs> All of you listening, we didn't really take a break, but it you just heard long ads. Enough, Tracy. It was okay. Christian <laughs> will fix kidding. it. Christian, my fearless great. editor, my hero. Ugh. Okay, I'm springing this on you. Every every month we do Ask the Stacks where someone's written in for a book recommendation. Oh, yeah. Um, I picked one that I did a bad job with my recommendations because I thought you would do a good job because you read some of this stuff more than I do. I hope. Fingers okay. crossed. So okay. this comes from Sheila. Sheila says, I'm looking for a book in the speculative fiction genre or something mm. that has elements of magical realism. Something that feels escapist with a story that I can lose myself in, but that doesn't shy away from difficult topics. Mm. My favorite book is Never Let Me Go by oh, Ishiguro. Yeah. I also love that book. Yeah. And I've also really enjoyed stories of your life, stories of your life and others, The Removed and Legendborn. So I'll go ahead and give Sheila a few recommendations so you can think for a second. Okay. Um, Sheila, I'm going to give you three. The first one I just read, um, and Greta and I considered doing this on the podcast, but we decided to do True Biz instead. But it's The School for Good Mothers by mm. Jessamine Chan. I did end up reading it. I think that the book is lightly speculative. Like, it's very close to right now, but it is definitely speculative and also satirical in a lot of ways. And it will make you think about difficult topics. Don't you worry. Um, my next one, and I feel like this book everybody recommends, is Station Eleven. Mm. I think, I mean, it's it's so good. And like, so it will good. make you think about things. It's a it's great book. If you haven't read it, you should read it. She has had two other ones that are now connected with Sea of Tranquility and... What is Glass it? The hotel? hotel? The Glass, Glass hotel, hotel. Which I have not read either of those, but I've heard mm, Sea of Tranquility good. is very good. I don't good. think they're as good as Station Eleven, but I mean, that's such okay. a high bar. They're still really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And then my last one is a classic that's getting a TV redo Ooh, or TV treatment is Kindred by Octavia yeah. Butler. If you haven't yeah. read that, I mean, what are you even oh, doing here? It's outstanding. It's, it's, the, it's the perfect speculative fiction with magical realism and yeah. difficult topics all together. So yeah. those are my three. Those what do you got, are Greta? really good. Okay. Well, you are totally putting me on the spot. I did not get to prep for this. So no, I don't let people prep um, for this. I think Nothing to See Here could work really perfectly for this. This is one of my favorite books ever. It's by Kevin Wilson. And the premise is this chick is asked to take care of these two twins who spontaneously set on fire when they get really upset. And their mother has just died really tragically. So there is definitely some like trauma processing stuff in there. It's also like the whole setting on fire thing is the only like otherworldly aspect of the book. The rest takes place in like normal real life. It's just like this quirk that no one really thinks twice about. But it just ends up being such a fun premise. And it's really good and beautiful and he actually just wrote a new book called now is not the time to panic which is less speculative but also really good um so yeah i think i would recommend nothing to see here and then yeah i want to second like all emily st john mandel i think she's excellent another one that's like a little farther out on the speculative side but who's just like everything he's written is great is david mitchell i don't know if you've read any of his stuff he famously no, did cloud atlas which was adapted oh into a movie. Um, but his newest one is called Utopia Avenue. And he does a similar thing to Emily St. John Mandel, where like characters will pop up in other books. Okay. Which I think is really fun. Like you don't have to read them in an order, but you'll like right. pick up little threads as you go, which I think is really cool. And another one which I mentioned earlier too, which I think totally could work for this, is Shit Cassandra Saw, which is super weird. It's a short story collection, but it's just kind of a romp. And in one of them one of them is a story about, like, what would happen if women, like, sort of spontaneously turned into also insects who could, like, electrocute men. Um, wow. So I think it, there's, like, a fierceness to it and, like, an underlying fury that I think is kind of a romp, but also, like, serious, you know, because yeah. it's about 
what would happen if we could retaliate to the patriarchy in like a pretty exciting way. So yeah, we love that option, right? Um, Those are great. (laughs) Sheila, if you read any of them, let us know what you think. And everybody else, email askthestacks at thestackspodcast.com to have your book recommendation read on air. Okay, now we get to get into Greta's books and I get to start with a question I'm so excited about, which is where I always start. But I feel like you might struggle with part two, which is two books you love, one book you hate. Mm, I'm going to say Now is Not the Time to Panic, which is the book I just mentioned, the new one by Kevin Wilson. I just thought was so much fun. He His voice is just so perfect, and it makes me really happy to read every time. So that one I love. Another one that came out several years ago now that is just like one of my like top five ever is Circe by Madeline oh. Miller. Which is, did you hate it? I didn't read it. It seems like something I would hate. <laughs> but I know um, what it is. I've heard of it. It's so good. It's, you know, it's so, um, the Odyssey, Homer's Odyssey, um, had Circe the Witch in three chapters. And uh, Madeline Miller did sort of a retelling. And Odysseus is only in Circe for three chapters. It. And it's about her as a witch. She is also a descendant of Greek gods. So there's a lot of... I don't know, man. It's such there are some really interesting parallels in it around privilege, actually, and the idea of like being a god, you have all of this power, but she really has to work for her powers. Right. And it's just really lush and epic. And I can't wait for her next book. It's going to come out one of these days and it's going to be great. Did you? She also did Song of Achilles. Did you like that? She also one? did Song of Achilles. I didn't like it as much, but I thought it was also really beautiful. So, yeah, I'm just like in for whatever she writes. I feel like I have some authors like that where I'm like, I love you and I'll read whatever you like. But then oftentimes I end up getting disappointed because I'm like, maybe I just really like that one book you wrote mm. a lot and the other one I thought was fine. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? I think it is interesting how much expectations like that can be revised or like they write really one like excellent one. And then the second one is sort of like just OK. And then it's like, what do you do with that? Like, how do you reconcile? Right. You know, it is. But it's all. Yeah. I don't know, ma'am. Also, I've never written a book. So who am I to say? Right. Well, um, I've never a- written a book either. But. But my whole life is about talking about books. I'm see, yeah. this is I think this is where you and I differ also a little bit is that I think that we have a place at the table that is not diminishable by the fact that we've never written a book. Do you know what I mean? Because totally. I feel like, like oh, totally, well, what, totally, who are totally. you? You've never written a book. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah no, but I don't I'm not trying to write way. a book. Yeah, I just mean <laughs> it more in terms of like, I can't imagine, especially if you wrote a really successful debut. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. about it even with like, it's, with anything, any creative thing, The f- yeah. if the, you know, Ted Lasso, if the first season is excellent, like I think so much of what has to be complicated as an artist is like, what about that thing did people really love? What am I interested in creating? What's going to feel right. new and fresh and different without, and, but also like harken back to some of the themes or whatever that people liked that's not just iterative. You know, like I think that's yeah, probably yeah. really complicated, especially with a second one right. to navigate a, what people, what people want versus what you want to make versus like how to get paid yeah. for it. Like that's so complicated. And you that's know? such an interesting point because I find even with this podcast, what I'm interested in talking about or creating isn't always what people are the most responsive to of past right. episodes that they've yeah. loved the most. They're like, oh, yeah. I love when you do this. And I'm like, but we've done that. like, And we did right. it good. So now yeah. I, as a creative, have like moved on. But like mm-hmm. you guys don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate in some aspects. It's like, okay, you've got to do what you do well and be able to do that consistently. But mm-hmm. then as a creative, it's like, how do you create a thing that excites you and keeps you wanting yeah. to do the work? Because if right. you're just doing the thing you know you can do well, at a certain point, that's where I think, for me at least, burnout comes in. Totally. So yeah, I think, and you know, I mean, like, God bless capitalism, right? Like, I think we're all kind of trying, in these creative fields, I think it can be really hard to figure out sort of, okay, you know, like, how do I get paid for this? How do I do a thing I still like without feeling like I'm selling out? but still like do the stuff I'm good at and that people want me to do. You know, I think that's really yeah. complicated. I think it's so complicated. Um, but before we get away from that other part of the question, <laughs> what's the book you hate, Greta? Okay, so um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to, I'm, I don't know if this is a cop out, but I really did hate Eleanor Oliphant is completely mm. fine. I think part of it, did you read it? No. <laughs> Of course not. (laughs) I think part of it with that one. So I read it during the pandemic. I thought it was going to be like a cozy read. Like that's how people describe it to me. I don't know. Like, like. yeah, it looks like it's going to be really cute. But like Eleanor is and I I think I don't know if they actually talk about it. I don't think she's like diagnosed with any 
neurodivergence. But I think she she does, you know, she kind of comes off in that sort of like aloof way. Mm-hmm. But she's also just like kind of awful. And then there's this whole backstory thing with like her mother who like definitely abused her a lot, but she repressed these memories. And she yeah. like ends up with someone in the end in a way that didn't make any sense to me at all because she also showed no character development. Like the whole thing, I, I just kept, and I listened to it, I just kept being like, when it, like, where's the hug? You know, like I thought this was going to feel like a sweater and it's like just itchy and a bad, I was just like yeah. so surprised that anyone liked it. But again, I think that's one where like if it were marketed different, you know, like if it were marketed yes. as like a, you know, I mean, not quite Gone Girl ask, but like something, you know, more like almost thriller or like psychological, whatever. Then it's like, right. OK, that's fine. But as it was, it was just like, this is not at all what I was looking for. I feel like the marketing can really screw up a reader's experience. Yes. Yeah. Which is why now I don't read the back of the book at all. I never I, I quit that. The only time I read what I look at on the back of the book is I do look at who blurbed books, not yes. because I care about Same. the blurbs, but I'm curious who's friends. <laughs> or who has have the whole, same editor we have or, a whole nerd yeah. series about that coming up actually that's right oh you're God, in it I can't wait i don't know if you oh, remember right. oh, i know i do remember but i thought it probably already so aired you guys never emailed me nope, it was so not until january but it's i talk about it's covers funny. right you talk about covers but also blurbs we actually oh, yeah. you have this really great quote where you say it's just a really shitty system Oh, well, it is. <laughs> yeah, you a shitty system. It's true. It I, I stand by it's it a thousand percent. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, the last book I read the back of that I remember was The Glass Hotel, actually, the Emily St. John Mandel. And I remember distinctly, like, I kept, like, I would read five or 10 pages and then look at the back and then, like, read more pages and just, like, what is, like, the book I'm reading is not the book they're describing. And, like, yeah. I really liked it, but it was just, like, it, the mental work that I was doing to like reconcile the two things was like, I need mm-hmm. to stop reading the back of the book. This isn't working yeah. for me. Yeah. I have to stop. I have to stop reading them. And you know, like the publicists I'm sure send you also like pitch emails. Mm-hmm. And when they don't have like a clean two lines at the beginning yeah. of the paragraph, I'm yeah. like, I can't keep reading. It's too much yeah. reading. I it's, I'm feeling confused. Just tell me this brand new book by Greta Johnson about women who yeah, totally. go to the store yeah. and get ingredients Vibes. that are for grilled cheese, but they're not really. <laughs> and then she gets in a fight with her friend, Tracy. <laughs> Oh, see, even that's and too that's much. It. That's too much plot. I'm like, that's great, too much plot. Great. Well, I love it's about plot. grilled cheese and arguments. I love plot <laughs> too, exactly but don't it. give too much away. Like that's I true. want, you're right, like, you're right, you're right. I skim it. I want some keywords. You know, yeah, and that's exactly right. If they just sent me an email with keywords, I would be like, yeah. I'll cover this book just because you understand me. Thank exactly. You. <laughs> Delicious, fun, contentious. Let's go. Grilled cheese. Uh, <laughs> The name of the are novel is Girl Cheese. I think we are. This was not my idea that I had earlier, but I, I'm going to add this I didn't think we were list. going here either. This is amazing. <laughs> we can be another one of those duos of like black and white women who write books about racism, but ours is not about racism. It's about girl cheese. It's like, finally, black women and white women coming together to take on one of America's most difficult topics, grilled cheese. God, Tracy, I'm crying. And then, people and are then gonna be like, we go is on tour. symbolic for something? We'll be like, no, <laughs> no, no, it it's really is symbolic for cheese. And when we go on tour, it's going to be like, we fi- we felt like somebody really had to tackle this and we were the right people to tell this story. And we're just so grateful that people you know, the time are allowing felt right. us. It's, you know, it's one of those evergreen issues that it also always feels so relevant. You know, I'm so glad we could yeah. write this prescient novel about grilled cheese. Yeah, it just took so much out of us, but our friendship was so strong. And honestly, we got stronger. Because we don't share grilled cheese. No. <laughs> I was going to say we now each Tracy eats own. fruit in her grilled cheese. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Enough about grilled cheese for now. Um, what's the last just fucking great book you read? Mm, you know, you're going to laugh because I think the last fucking great book I read, I finished it last night. It was a reread. Uh, it was Hernan Diaz's Trust. Trust. Mm. which I think is fucking great. It's our December book club pick. And I had such a good time talking to him. So yeah, I've read this twice now this year and I feel like I could read it two more times and there would still be stuff that I hadn't picked up on. I I got to interview him for the Riverhead Variety Show and I oh, loved cool. him. He's, He's so, so great. Yeah, so like, can warm. we be friends with him? I would love to yes. be friends with him. So smart and approachable. Yeah, but I didn't read the book. And you said I was going to laugh because for you. I, I just, to me, with fiction for me, I'm so 
like nervous that I'm not going to like something that if it's something that's like really acclaimed, I have to do it on my own time when I'm ready. Because mm-hmm. if I, I go in that. with like, I need to read this on a deadline or I need to read this or whatever, I'm not going to like it yeah. because I don't just gonna like fiction's really hard for me. But if it's like a little bit fluffier fiction, I can kind of just do it. But if it's something that's that. like smart and like interesting. And this is like yeah. literary historical. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I'm like, and oh, it is like people are really loving it. Yeah. I've heard. No, it's I great. totally get that. I also, perhaps surprisingly, I'm a very stubborn person. And if too many people tell me I'm going to like something, I'm kind of like, fuck you. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's how I am so too. Like, <laughs> tomorrow and tomorrow that's and something tomorrow. something we have in common. <laughs> what are you reading right now? <laughs> what am I reading right now? Oh, my God. Well, so I'm almost done with Trust. What's next? Well, True Biz. Okay. I'm going to reread True Biz. Um, oh, you know, I just started The Survivalists by Kashana Cauley, and I'm not that far in yet. And I don't know if this happens to you. I keep doing this thing where I'm like reading a page and then I'm like, what's going on on Twitter? And then I read yes. another page and I'm like, oh, I meant to put this on my grocery list. Yes. And it's like I sometimes it's the fault of the book. Sometimes it's the fault of my brain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with this one, what I haven't done with it yet, but I really need to do is just like put my phone in another room and sit with it for an hour and then I will have a sense of if I like it or not. Yeah. Because I just, I'm like 40 pages in yet and I just don't know yet. I feel like it's this time of year also because I usually read like 10 to 15 books a month. In November, Mm. I read five books and I struggled. Like I was like crying. I was like, I'm never going to finish another book. (laughs) Like I like couldn't get my shit together. I was like, there's World Cup. There's like just so much going on Mm, and it's travel and family and also like it feels you know, there was election, whatever. So I feel like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's not yeah. always the fault of the book. Any books are a win. Yeah, it's funny too. I started seeing someone oh. in August and that has been going very well, but is also, wow, really cutting into my reading. Time, is that person a reader? He is a high school English teacher. Oh. So he reads so much for work that I think reading for pleasure is like tricky these days for him, you know? How but much, I mean, he is definitely a reader. How much do you read for work versus for pleasure, approximately, mm. if you can distinguish? I can't distinguish, which is maybe a problem, honestly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but but also I have the privilege of having a job that is generally such a pleasure, right. which is also complicated. Right. But I will say anything I read could be for work. Got it. And is always sort of like in the back of my head. But I mean, also like what a pleasure to get to read a book and then talk to an author about it. I mean, that's yeah. like, of course. That's, a, that's my dream, you know. Yeah. So the work pleasure thing is weird. Um, burnout is complicated. Yeah. Um, but I, and I meant to count how many books I've read so far this year, but I forgot. I can do it for the True Biz chat, but I think I'm at 90 something. Mm-hmm. So not as much as you, but like two a week ish, I would say. No, you're right at, I'm at 99. True Biz will be a hundred. Oh, me. funny. Okay. Yeah. But that also is because I really slowed down in November. <laughs> <laughs> I was at like 95 when I started November and I'm at 99 oh, wow. or something, That's which whatever. So it doesn't, well, I mean, next year I've decided matter. my reading goal is 50 books. I'm fucking tired of feeling pressure. It is really fascinating. Well, and like, I don't know if you get this too, but the whole numbers thing. And then it's like, am I finishing this book because I actually am enjoying the time I'm spending with it? Right. Or do, am I like far enough in that I might as well finish it because I can't have wasted the time, which I, is like, I do both of those sucks. things. Yeah, totally. But yeah. like life is so short. We shouldn't be we should not be reading stuff that we're not enjoying. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I feel like definitely for work for me, there are books that I finish because I have to, which sure. is different than like finishing a book that I'm reading for pleasure that I don't like because I'm that just like, like I made it this far. Like, let's just power through. Um, yeah. The but power through thing. Yeah. Is just, like I remember years ago now, my therapist once was like, and what's worse than powering through? And I was just like, like, she just blew my mind. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, we don't have to do that that's you know? I can think of things that are worse for me than powering through I think so is it sitting still <laughs> that would be one okay are you my therapist leave me alone sitting still being present <laughs> taking deep breaths yeah um okay what about a book we're at the end of the year so what books in 2023 mm. are you looking forward to Ooh, books in 2023 okay um A book I am really excited about reading in 2023 is called I Have Some Questions for You. It's by Rebecca Mackay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never read her, but I do have that, and I'm very curious about it. 
Yeah, so I haven't actually read her either, which is sort of a scandal to admit because she's a Chicago author and I am a Chicago podcaster. But she has been on the show before and she's wonderful. And yeah, her other like super admired book is The Great Believers, which actually I haven't read because I'm worried I'll hate it. And I don't want to have that opinion. Partly it's about... The AIDS epidemic in Chicago. Are you worried? Which also sounds like just enough of a bummer. Yeah. That's part of it. That's why I think I'll like it when I eventually get to it. (laughs) I bet maybe we should read that one together. That's what we should do for your show, Um, for Nerdette. Do a backlist. We could. So I have some questions for you. Looks really cool. It's a campus murder mystery, which I always, well, I don't always love. I thought the. Secret History was fantastic, and I am constantly looking for another book of that, like, academic integrity that is still thrilling and mysterious, okay. and they never are. Okay. And so I have very high hopes for this one. And, um, yeah, Rebecca McKay is great, and but I did just learn that apparently there's also a podcasting story thread in it. Yes. Which is potentially troubling because... Yes. <laughs> I agree. I don't have to tell you why I'm worried about yes, that. Yes. It's like when books have a COVID storyline. I'm like, oh, I don't feel good about yeah, this. I got to go. Like, yeah, it's a little too close. And, you know, like, what was it? There was that book. That was another one I hated. I think it might have been called Devotion. by I think the author was Denise Mina, but we could double check that. But she was like running from a killer and producing a podcast at the same time. And I was just oh. like, y'all, mm-hmm. like, this is not. Leave me out of it. Me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get that they're hip. I've been doing this for a very long time now. Please just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Um, how do you decide what you're going to read next? Like, are you mm. taking suggestions from friends? Are you mm-hmm. reading reviews? Are you on Bookstagram? Are you just like taking whatever comes into you? Like, how do you decide what to actually pick up? It totally depends. I mean, you know, I you get them too. I get a lot of emails every day from publishers. So I try to kind of look through those and see what might be interesting. Friends also, of course. Instagram for sure. Liberty Hardy, I feel like, mm-hmm. reads all the books so that I don't have to. She reads she 500 often, to 600 books know, a it's year. Amazing. It's amazing. I can't be near her. It's, it's I get too competitive. So I'm a failure. Yeah. And well, and so like she and I are text buddies now. So like, and it's so funny because she'll be like, hey, what are you reading? And I'll be like, you know, trust. And then a week later, she'll be like, hey, what are you reading? And I'm like, girl, still trust. Still trust. It's <laughs> and she's a long read book. like 15 books in the meantime. Wait, I want to be on the group chat. Make one Okay, with me we too. can totally make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's super fun. And she's another person who like doesn't talk shit about books, which I very much respect, but she will in the in the DMs. So okay. that's fun. Okay. Um I'll and let we me don't in. have let the exact same Okay, okay. <laughs> we don't have the exact same taste. Um like I feel like she likes horror more than I do, like, oh. you know, spooky stuff, which is like not really my jam. Um, but it's always fun to talk to her about books and to see what she's up to. And like, I feel like she definitely helps and she reads so far ahead. Like she's reading books that come out in June already. Oh my God. So like it's, it is helpful for me. Cause then I'm like, Ooh, I want to like, I'll flag that. I'll flag that further right. down the road. She like curates that list already, which is very helpful for me. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise friends, Instagram, all the usual stuff. I I think something that has been super fun, and I imagine you agree because literally you and I are having this conversation right now, but like it's so cool to get to connect with other readers online mm-hmm. and have those. I mean, the same thing happened with Liberty, like to have those actually like legitimately become friendships yeah. is like such a treat. And it's just like completely unanticipated and really cool. I love it. I love it so much. Like there are definitely you know? people that I've become really good friends with through the internet who I've now like met in real life or like we'll talk yeah. on the phone with like Lupita who you know she yes. and I will like randomly call each other unannounced too which is really crazy oh my and just God. be like hey what are you up to how are your I kids like yeah so I love sweet. Lupita so Ugh. I definitely have those friendships um yeah what's a book that you like love to recommend to people kind of like a go-to recommendation mm-hmm um, I will say, I mean, nothing to see here is when I recommend a lot. Same with Cersei, just because I think they're both just really good, though. They are very different. Um, oh, my God. Another one. Oh, I just wrote. <laughs> this is so helpful, Greta. I wrote OMG So Many. <laughs> <laughs> That's an OK answer. I relate. <laughs> I think usually the way I do that 
is I'll ask someone what the last book they read and really loved was. Yeah. And that helps me a lot because then I can go with vibes. And that's another one where it's like, I may have read something that I that didn't like completely speak to me, but if someone told me that they really loved Eleanor Oliphant or whatever, like that, you know, then I yes. can like retrofit a recommendation for them as opposed to being like, well, the only good book is right. blah, blah, blah. That's you how know? I do it too. I'm usually pretty specific, but there are, I have a handful of books that I will just like blindly recommend, including mm. um, Dear Sugar or uh, Tiny Beautiful Things. The Cheryl Strait oh, Advice cool. book. That's a book yeah. that I'm like, I've yeah. recommended it to at least 20 people yes. and every single person has liked it. So now I'm like, want a book? Here you go. Having a yeah, hard time? That's nice. Pregnant? That's nice. Family member yeah. has cancer? <laughs> lost your job? Mm-hmm. Here you go. <laughs> One like that for me, which really did just like change my life, both my work and my personal life, is uh, Ross Gay's Book of Delights. Did you read that one? I Okay, so I have both of the Ross Gay books, but I've not read either of them. I tried to start Book of Delights. It was not the right time. I tried mm. to do it at the yeah, beginning of the pandemic. Happened. And I was like, I'm not delightful. Oh, you're like, I have brand this. new twins. I'm locked in a yeah. fucking house with three month old preemies. Like, fuck you. Oh, not sweet. delightful. Yeah. I hate That's delight. I hope your delight yeah. falls off a cliff today. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And I never you went know- back. <laughs> You might like Inciting Joy better because that one is that's his new book. It just came out and is much more about the idea that joy actually exists with sorrow. Yeah. And that might be a nicer entry point. And then you can get to the delight thing. I think also Um, I'm in a much different place now than I was three years ago. I mean, I think a lot of us are in much different places three years ago. We've all grown a lot. Yeah. The delight thing I think is really beautiful. And it actually really resonated with something that... um, Someone else said once on Nerdette, who I think is also a friend of yours, uh, Nagin Farsad, who hosts Fake the Nation, she once came on and talked about how her philosophy is to be aggressively delightful. Mm. And that idea, I just adore. I think that's (laughs) such a cool way of moving through the world. And so, like, the framing of delight is just one that I find myself thinking about a lot and has really, I think, led me to some really wonderful, delightful places i love this for you um what what this is our speed round what's the last book that made Mm. you laugh speaking of delight um ooh, all this could be different by sarah thonka matthews have you read it i have i didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) i'm now eating my microphone that's so funny i like parts of it but i did not understand the obsession i gotta be honest okay that's fair you're allowed to have that opinion I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it was a good debut. Really good debut. That's how I would define uh, it. I mean, it's so voicey, which I think is really exciting to read something by someone so young that's just like, yeah. Yeah. All the things I liked about it are the things that people were like, well, you might not like it like because it's like an unlikable main character. I was like, that is what I liked. Mm. I liked it. I thought she Snap. was really likable, too. Also, it's very funny because our workplace is currently migrating from windows to google oh so you need her and i keep you thinking need the about the change yeah it's just so <laughs> funny to me um okay last book that made you cry tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow cry with rage uh last book <laughs> that made you angry <laughs> Ooh, angry i'll say our missing hearts by celeste Ng. Mm. what about a book you felt like you learned a lot I think True Biz actually fits really nicely with that. I learned a lot in True Biz. I'm excited to discuss it with you. I am too. Okay, what about a book you're embarrassed that you've still never read? I think it's funny because, like, I was an English major, but there's still mm. so much I haven't read. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because when I was in college, I really, like, I loved the beats. Like, I read a lot of, you know, oh. like, Kerouac and stuff. Sure. I found that vibe to be super appealing. Like, I never read Virginia Woolf, which now I'm just like, Greta, like, what are you doing? I've never read any of that. So you're ahead of me. (laughs) Congratulations to you. Um, Is there a book that you think people would be surprised to know that you love? I love that question so much. And I thought about it for a really long time when you sent it over ahead of time. And I think my answer is no, because I think... So much of like what Nerdette is and all is that like it is such a random amalgamation, yeah. you know, so I couldn't think of anything for that because I, I don't know how surprising I am at this point. <laughs> you surprise me every day with your girl cheese. <laughs> what about a book you'd assign in high school? What is a book I would assign for high school? You know, I think I would do like The Mothers mm, or The I Vanishing Half. I think Britt Bennett should totally be assigned in high school. That that's some fiction that I really loved. Both of those, the I mean, mothers more those are, those than really the vanishing good. half, actually. 
I think so too. But that's one where like that was a strong second book to come. You know, like that. So, like really she's on my books. list. Yeah. Yeah. Any book she writes, like that release date will be on my calendar. You same, know? same, same, same. Hard same. Um, okay. Last one. Okay. If Thank you God. if you could have uh, I stole this from the New York Times by the book. Sorry. Oh yeah. If you could okay. require the current president of the United States to read one book, what would it be? So as I mentioned, you sent this list over early and I was able to do a little prep for some of them. On this one I just wrote I abstain. Oh. Abstain. <laughs> I'm going to abstain. I just don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. Are we changing his mind? Are we teaching him something? You can decide like, whatever, just, however you want it to be. It could be a book you think Joe would love on vacation, a book that would change Joe's mind, a book that would reaffirm his feelings, whatever Joe, whatever you think Joe needs to read. Maybe it's a book he and Jill, Dr. Jill, could read together <laughs> out loud on their patio in Delaware. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just don't, I like, it just feels like such a weighted question to me. It's just sort of like, what, I don't think I have enough faith in the political system that recommending a book to Joe is going to Interesting. You You're, I, I mean? think, my first official overstainer. Yeah, I think really? you are. Yeah, everyone answers. <laughs> when Even when it was Trump, people answered. I feel, like Joe is, <laughs> I feel like Joe is harder and easier because I feel like there's a way to be very dismissive when it's Trump. When it was Trump, mm. but with Joe, there's like a slightly more seriousness about him that people who come on this podcast take. Do you know what I mean? Like people would be like, Trump, like how to read or whatever. Right. Like does. Yeah. Yeah. Like hop well, yeah, on Because we know, I mean, Joe probably reads books, right? We'd, I, mean, I would assume like... that Joe has read a book in his life at least, but I don't think he's mm. a reader like Obama was. Right. You Obama know, such a reader. Those book lists. I mean, he's still putting out those. He lists. still is. And his lists are always giving what I need them to be giving more or less. Like he always has at least a handful of people or books that I love on his yeah. lists. Like he does a good job. Do you think he do you think staffers are doing that? Or do you think he's legit reading those? I, I hear that, especially with the music playlist, people being like, mm, that's got to be, that no, has to be a young person in his no, life. No, but he's got two kids. He's got two young kids. So that's like, true. He, that's true. Like they, he probably has heard some of the stuff from the girls. The reason that I think he actually does it to an extent is that why put it out after your presidency? That's true. You that's know, like why true. bother? Yeah, to be like, These are the books I yeah. love. So maybe yeah. there's maybe I maybe there are people who help him find books to read or like read books and are like, I think you'll like this. Mm. But I just can't imagine that he's not actually reading those books if he's like taking the time to put them on his list. No, I think he's definitely reading the books. I think it's more of the music one where it's like, is this really your taste? Because some of it is like pretty fresh, you know, maybe, I mean, he's only what in his 50s. Like, listen, my dad has been listening to the Allman Brothers for decades now. You know? Yeah. That's true. And he does mix it up. Like, he put on a Cat Power playlist the last time I was in town. See? I was delighted. Like we keep them young, you know? My kids keep me young. I get to listen to The Wheels on the Bus. My God. Fresh. Exciting. No, we actually don't listen to children's music in my home. So when all of my friends with kids did fucking their Spotify raps came out. Oh, yeah. And it was like, just posted about that. I was yeah. like, ew, I'm so glad Annie's Tomorrow is not on my number one played song. I will say Rafi is really great. I liked Rafi as a kid. Didn't he sing yeah. Baby Beluga or whatever? He sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Joshua but I just don't want my children to think that my car is a place yeah. for them to be listening to yeah. horrible for shit. You. When That's I'm amazing. Like, so they love Bad Bunny. We're very into Bad Bunny. Yep. We're very there into Beyonce riding a horse because that's the yep. album art. That's you amazing. Know? So yeah, they yeah. love Dua Lipa, which I don't like, but it works for oh, them. I and like it's, Dua Lipa. A, it's a compromise. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I mean, I like her fine. Oh it's a God. compromise that's not sure. fucking kids bop to Lipa, but <laughs> Yeah, no, anyways. that's, yeah. Okay, We're so you great. abstain from Joe Biden. I'm going to abstain. Okay, I'll allow it. Barely. Thank you. But um, that. <laughs> that's it for Greta today. Greta will be back December 28th. We're discussing True Biz by Sarah. Do you think it's Novik or Novich? Ooh, that's a great question. I assumed it was Novik, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I've never actually heard her name pronounced, but by Sarah Novik, Orvic, depending on where I think she's Croatian because she was tweeting about the Croatian soccer team the other day. Well, maybe it is Novic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe Novic. Uh, I'm going to listen before our next episode to her pronounce her name. Um, anyways, smart. 
That'll be December 28th. There will definitely be spoilers. So please read the book. Um, Greta is going to listen to some of the audiobook as well on her reread. So she'll have some insight on that too by then. So we'll be able to discuss that as well if you're reading on the audiobook. Though I do want to let people know in the physical book, the formatting of the writing and mm-hmm. uh, is is very specific as well as there are drawings and depictions of mm-hmm. American Sign Language because it's a book yeah. about uh, a school for the deaf. So that's definitely part of the book. So if you are able to read with your eyes, this might be one of those books that it might serve yeah. you very well. Um, but just throwing yeah. that out there for folks. Greta, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun, Tracy. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. And everyone else, we will see you in the sacks. Something else we can agree on. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you guys in the sacks. All right, everybody, that does it for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you again to Greta Johnson for being our guest. Remember to listen to the stacks on December 28th for our book club discussion of True Biz by Sarah Novich. If you love the show and want inside access to it, head to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the stacks pack. And make sure you're subscribed to The Stacks wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter. And check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. This episode of The Stacks was edited by Christian Duenas with production assistance from Lauren Tyree. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright and our theme music is from Tagirajis. The Stacks is created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. Tracy Thomas.